Hi, everyone. I wanted to remind you of a must read. This is a book that you have to have on your bookshelf. It is called The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. He is able to help you make important decisions, give you some guidance on which path to take, and you get to learn how he tapped into the wisdom and power of the unseen worlds for guidance and inspiration. I had the opportunity to interview him, and he was a lovely guest on the Path 11 podcast, episode 343. Check it out. Listen to the podcast. Go buy the book. Again, it's The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. To find out more information, go to his website, carlgreer.com. That's spelled C-A-R-L-G-R-E-E-R.com. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by the Reconnective Healing Global Community. I don't know if you guys remember, but back in 2020, we released an episode with Dr. Eric Pearl and Jillian Fleer about reconnective healing. He was a chiropractor who was working in his practice in Los Angeles, and his patients started to report that they were having these healings just with his hands being near them without him actually touching them. So he went on to research and try to find out what this universal wisdom was behind what was happening. And he developed the reconnective healing process. Their website is thereconnection.com and they are offering an online level one class called the portal to awaken your own healing ability and to learn how to do this. There's over eight hours of interactive content where you will learn to interact with energy, light, and information to experience lasting knowingness, peace, and love without limitations. They gave us a coupon code to give to all of our listeners. It is PATH2PORTAL. We're going to put that in the show notes. And that's 25% off of the Portal Online Level 1 course. I hope you guys enjoy. Let me know if you take it. Send me an email. Would love to know how the course works for you. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Path 11 Podcast. I have a very exciting guest today. We're going to talk about some really fun stuff. We're going to talk about channeling, quantum reality, the fifth dimension, joy, the Andromedan starseed lineage. And I'd like to welcome you to my very interesting guest, who is the author of The Era of the True Creator. If you're watching on Path 11 TV, you can see this beautiful cover of this book. And my guest today is Allison Holly. She is a conscious channel bringing forward the energies of divine love and unconditional joy for this beautiful time of awakening. She serves others through her guidance in learning to verbally channel, developing intuition, and knowing ecstatic states of being through various practices. Her life's mission is to activate others into their highest expression of self, radiant, ecstatic creators. She has a free ebook for you guys that she's giving away. It's called I Am a Channel. We will put that link in the show notes. And Allison, welcome. I'm so excited oh that you're here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. I'm so excited to be here just with 
the the things that you introduced before we got started recording. I'm so excited to talk about it. So yeah, I, you know, I'm trying to remember to, how did we even connect. So I have an incredible assistant, shout out to my amazing assistant, Megan, and she is actually, you know, the one who sends messages to different people who could possibly be, uh, you know, really interesting people for me to be on their show. So awesome. Okay. That's how it was. Some people I scout out and find on Instagram. Other people come through publicists. Other people are self-referred, but I've also been getting much pickier about who I bring on to the show because, you know, just trying to kind of keep it more spiritual. I went for a little while like into psychology and was having some mixing a little bit of psychology because, you know, that's my natural background in with spirituality. But I'm really trying to get back to some of this stuff like we're going to talk about today, like starseed lineages and the fifth dimension and healing and all that. And I was so excited when I opened up the package to get your book, The Error of the True Creator, because as I was telling you offline before we hit the record button, um, well, a couple of things I didn't mention. When I was in college, I was such a doodler. Mm. All I would doodle, I would doodle like triangles like this, inverted, connected. And it wasn't until about 10 years ago when I had a really phenomenal healing session with a client and I saw this triangle grid over his entire body that I Googled it and found out and started learning about sacred geometry. Then I go back in my college notebooks and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. I was drawing sacred geometry and I just thought I'm doodling and I had no idea. So when I got this, just the cover itself like spoke to my heart and I was like, oh, this is my people. I just love this. So I really just was like in love with it as soon as I saw the cover, but then really enjoyed it when I started reading it. So give us a little information about your background and how did you actually become to be this person who is channeling? Because and I know you're going to talk about this, but pretty much this book, this whole book is pretty channeled, you know, channeled information. And so we'd love to hear a little bit more of your background and how you got to this point where you are today. Thank you for that. I have so many things that I want to touch on with what you said as well. So I will share with you after I introduce myself, the symbol and how that came to me. It's a really beautiful story. So in 2012, I went through a really massive spiritual awakening. And what I mean by that is previous to this, you know, I was kind of living my life. I had dabbled in, like I was taking a neo-shamanism class. You know, I was attracted to this idea of intuition and spirituality, but I was also just kind of trying to live a human life. Like I was really, there were points of uh, time in my life where I really pushed all of that spiritual stuff away because I wanted to kind of just have a regular life. And Then I went through a breakup in a relationship that I was in. And when I went through that, the emotional intensity of that experience catapulted me into a spiritual awakening. So it was also this perfect timing, right? Because we're all sort of like, when I think of spiritual awakening, I often talk about we're sort of like popcorn kernels. And when we heat up to a certain point, we just pop. And right now across the globe, people are just popping open, (laughs) you know? So this spiritual awakening is really happening across the globe. And it was my time. And so when I went into this spiritual awakening, things started happening. For some people, the spiritual awakening is not so intense. But for me, it was undeniable. I started channeling spontaneously. I started having visions. Uh time was starting to morph. So I would be 
you know, just sitting still and all of a sudden everything would be moving in slow motion and I'd see everybody's energy body. I had different moments of time where it seemed like all I had to do was, I remember this one time I was sitting in a restaurant with a group of friends and suddenly I shifted out of the physical reality. And I felt like if I just blowed, like I just did that, everything would dissipate and show how not real it was. Like, I felt like I could just blow the walls down. It was very, it was very intense. And you can imagine walking around as like a regular human also experiencing rest things. It was right. It was a lot to navigate. So I looked really nuts for a little while in my life. I probably still look nuts, but I'm more comfortable with it now. But I did look kind of nuts. And, you know, I had a life that I had formed. I had my own business. It was very public. You know, I had a dance studio. I was a performer. So I had all these things that made me, in the eyes of my community, a certain person. Mm. And when I went through this shift people didn't know what to make of me. It was really weird for them. And I essentially just kind of got lifted and extracted out of my life. And for, I would say about two to three years, you know, I got married during that time to my twin flame. And during that time, I really was just integrating all of these experiences that I had. I didn't work in terms of like, I I couldn't really figure out how to live life. You know, so I didn't have a job. He was retired military. So we just traveled all over the world for a couple of years, which was amazing, right? But neither of us had any income because neither of us, we were both going through this big awakening. He had started his a year before me. And, and yeah, we were just trying to navigate life. Now, the beautiful thing about being able to travel is we met people all over the world who were also going through this spiritual awakening. And what that did was it brought a lot of confirmation both to us and to the people that we were meeting because we were like, well, we're already weird. Let's just talk about it. And a lot of other people, especially at that time, I mean, this was, you know, nine years ago. At that time, people were still, people are still currently shy talking about these things. And back then people were like, you know, I don't have anyone to talk to about this, but I'm experiencing this and this and this. And so it really gave me the practice of being able to share what's going on with me and seeing the the benefit that that would have in the people that I interacted with. And also it showed me, yeah, the whole world's waking up. This is an isolated or even like an Americanized, like woo-woo sort of experience. This was everywhere. So it was really, really profound. I think I touched on everything. Let's go to your Amazon tobacco diet, right? So I've heard of ayahuasca ceremonies. I've never heard of actually having a tobacco ceremony. So there was that was quite another part of your spiritual awakening. So let's also talk about that. Yeah, that was huge. And I just want to like offer a huge amount of thanks to the spirit of tobacco and also to my maestro, the, the, sh- the shaman that I worked with in the Amazon, because that was a profound experience for me. And, you know, I would say, I think this was three years into my awakening, two and a half, three years into my awakening. And my husband and I went down to Peru in the Amazon region. 
And we went to a place where he had already done ayahuasca before we connected. And we stayed there for a month. And while we were there, I did do an ayahuasca ceremony, but I also did tobacco plant medicine. And it's really interesting. So I'll just describe it's it's disgusting. It's so gross. <laughs> it's like it's it's and it's very, very different than what our culture here in the US would say is okay. You know, it's just it's really it's a different thing and it's it makes so much sense when you do it though. So essentially my diet was I would drink a bowl full of boiled down tobacco. And my shaman also, he would boil the tobacco and liquefy it and then also put juiced garlic in it. And so, and then, yeah, right. It was so much. It was yeah. so real. Wow. And so every, every day, once a day, usually in the morning, he would make his rounds around all of the different bungalows and everyone was doing different plant medicines. But one of the main ones that he did was tobacco, but there are hundreds, I mean, plants that I don't know, all of these plants that are indigenous to the Amazon and have some sort of medicinal properties and medicinal on that higher level of understanding. And so he would bring this bowl. Actually, he'd bring this weird water bottle and he'd pour it into a bowl and I would just drink the whole thing. And then what happens is what we call self-dosing. So I would drink the whole thing and then I would drink a bunch of water and I would throw up whatever my body didn't need that day. So sometimes, yeah. So, and throwing up and the purging is an inherent part of this plant medicine process. Because what happens is when you throw up, there's an energetic story that's also being released. So my shaman would tell me, pay attention to what's going on what you're becoming aware of as you're vomiting. And some really profound insights came through even just during the rep. But essentially I'm laying there and I did this for seven days and you don't eat much. There's a real, you know, small regiment of food during this process. So I'm laying in my cot. It is the Amazon. So there's like giant spiders, cockroaches. It's not, it's a different environment, right? And so I'm laying there in this environment under my mosquito net. And about the fourth day in is when I received the transmission for the book, The Era of the True Creator. And this transmission that came through was, I just started journaling and it was the intro and the outline. And I didn't know that's what I was writing, but I just heard it and I just wrote it down. And, you know, through processing it, I realized, oh, all of these channeled notes because at that time I'd been channeling for two years already, two or three years. And I had transcriptions, you know, I would channel it into a voice recorder and then write it out. And so I had pages and pages and like files of these transcribed notes. And I realized that the outline that I was given, all of this information that I previously channeled fit into this outline structure and that I was going to be writing a book. And I also recognized a few months after beginning this process that this book, I had already had a vision of public speaking about this book, channeling about a year prior. I had had a vision that I was speaking in front of about a thousand people and I was saying the words that were in this book. So I started putting it all together and realizing 
kind of the gravity of what I was stepping into. And it was really beautiful. And, you know, to bring it back to tobacco, if anybody is feeling the call toward that medicine, what it did for me was it removed fear from my body to a place that I had never experienced before. It was the most beautiful cleansing. I remember at one point I saw like these little black waves that looked like hair coming out of my arm. And it took me half a day to realize that was fear leaving my body. It was all this stuck energy of fear leaving my body. So, and I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful medicine. I highly recommend it's not for the faint of heart though. <laughs> yes, yes, not. So how did you come to learn that you were of the Andromeda starseed lineage? Because that happened during that tobacco ceremony? It did. No, let me retrace my steps. Okay, so my Andromedan starseed lineage was one of the very first things that I ever channeled. So when I went through this big awakening, I, I had spontaneous moments of channeling where I could just feel this sort of pressure coming through the top of my head and my, my energy would change. It's very hard to describe, but things would start to look different and I could feel myself vibrating differently. And then, you know, both times that this happened spontaneously, I was driving, I pulled my car over and I called my mom on the phone and I said, something's coming through and I would just let this stream of consciousness move through me. But then I actually needed to practice being able to get back into the channeled space. And so I went from having this just spontaneously come through me to learning how to open up those channels, retrace my steps and have this be something that I could do sort of on demand, mm -hmm. which was an awesome process. And it took several years, <laughs> you know, and the first thing that I asked, I had always felt that, you know, I remember hearing the term star child and this was before my awakening. And I thought, that's me. I've never been here before. I know it. Like somehow I just knew it. And so once I went through my awakening, I wanted to know where I was from. I wanted to know what lifetimes I'd had other places. And so I sat down in my meditation to channel, to practice channeling. And I said, where am I from? And I heard Andromeda. And this was, you know, for people who are watching it now, who might be really familiar with star seeds and they might know all the clans and things like that. You know, keep in mind, this was nine years ago and a lot has changed. In fact, I didn't even know when I channeled this, that this was a universe. Like I did not know if this was a real place or something that I'd heard on a TV show, right? So I looked it up and sure enough, you know, it's a whole star system. And I thought, wow, that's, that's a lot. That's beautiful. And when I, when I channeled it, I also saw what the beams looked like to me that were from that place. And I saw very tall blue beams and they had this really beautiful sort of head structure that was, you know, a little bit long and I was shown long fingers. I mean, I was shown lots of details and I remember even I could feel the skin texture and I was shown, it's sort of like, you know, someone who's got really dark skin on this planet, but it's blue. And I could feel, I mean, I could just feel everything about it. 
And when I went to research this online, people had different descriptions back then of what Andromedans looked like. And I remember thinking, oh, well, I mean, I trust what I felt because it was an experience. And then fast forward quite a few years and I looked it up again and people were starting to post the same things that I had seen. So it was really interesting. This was kind of, I think maybe an influx of Andromedans were starting to discover themselves at the same time. So it was really, yeah, it was really amazing. Yeah. So tell me more about this star system. Like what do these star seeds bring to earth? Like, you know, you know that you're of this. So what is kind of their mission or what are they looking to do or to bring to the earth plane? So the way that I always like to just share my experience because everyone has, you know, their own unique take on what it means to be a star seed. And for me, what I've discovered is there was sort of this big call put out to the all that is from the earth saying, hey, we're going, we're about to go through this big shift. We're going to expand. The frequency here is going to shift. Who wants to come and be a part of it? And what role do you want to play? Some people are actually just here to observe and to enjoy this sort of big, yeah, it's like a fireworks show. I mean, there's a lot happening right now. It doesn't feel, you know, maybe from the human perspective, it doesn't always feel like the easiest thing to go through, but it's a party, you know? And so a lot of people or a lot of beings or consciousnesses took up that call. And I was one of them. I was also told, and this makes me a little emotional when I talk about it, but I was also told in a really profound channeling that I had part of my personal journey was that I came here not in human form. I came to earth at the beginning of the Mayan calendar to help create the Mayan calendar to transmit that uh, knowledge to the people of earth. And I actually saw that, you know, recently I went to Mexico and visited some pyramids there. And it was such an incredible experience because this was kind of how I decided to come to earth. I, I was told in this channeling that when I came to bring that transmission of knowledge, that I so fell in love with the earth that I decided to come back at the culmination and help with the shifting of consciousness. Oh. Yeah. Amazing. Very cool. Now tell me, because you said you were going to circle back around to these drawings that you have that are in the book. And those two are also kind of transmissions. Each chapter has a different photo, which I think, swear to God, I could probably find this one in my college notebook. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I would draw these triangles all the time. So like, I was like, ah, I feel so connected. So what is, what, what's the meaning of the cover and the two triangles on the front of the book? I love this. I love this because I have another layer of the story that just happened a couple of months ago. So it's really amazing. But just before I was getting married, I was actually living in this tiny little town, less than a thousand people up in the mountains in Idaho. So there was trees everywhere. So I remember the transmissions were so clear, like something about sleeping among trees. The transmissions are just really profound. So I had a dream that, of course, wasn't a dream. And in my dream, my Andromedan, all of this makes me so emotional because it just touches my heart. So my Andromedan family came to me in this dream 
And they drew that symbol on my forehead and it was glowing blue, you know, like the cover. Mm -hmm. And it was this, you know, glowing electric blue. And I asked them what it was for. And they said, this is an initiation. And so when I got married, I actually made a crown that had that symbol on it because it felt so special to me. Fast forward to just a couple of months ago, I met someone on Facebook and we started chatting, you know, and he said, oh, how did we, how did we come to know this? We were just talking about, we were both star seeds. He said that he was Andromedan. He said, I see the symbol of your book. I also received that symbol. And I said, well, that's interesting. And he said, yeah, my, my guides drew it on my forehead and it was glowing electric blue. And I was like, whoa, you know, I was totally floored. Like, you know, so he's a beautiful person. So I started telling, you know, everybody like, if you, if you need some of his services, you know, because Starseed family, like it's so profound, these experiences. And even when they feel so profound in the moment, sometimes it's easy to, to question it. You know, we get kind of caught up in this density level of reality and it can be really easy to say, you know, what was that? And to have someone else have their own unique experience, it really, it really brought it home. Hi, everybody. I wanted to just take a quick moment to tell you about a beautiful divination deck of cards that you can get your hands on. My friend, Molly Mandelberg, spent two years traveling the world while writing and illustrating the Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle deck. This inspired pep talk deck has some serious magic inside. Pulling a card a day from this deck will encourage you to bring your dreams to life, to allow that idea tapping you on the shoulder, to finally manifest into physical reality. It's sassy, insightful, and potent. The link to check it out is in the show notes of this episode. Just click on there. It's going to bring you right to the Oracle deck. And again, it's Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle deck. So this is a great segue for us to yes. go into the different dimensions. Habits. Okay. <laughs> so as I was telling you before we hit record, I had just finished a 14 week. The course was called Soul Awakening. It was with a guest uh, that I've had on the show before, Joseph Gobby. And it was all working within the fifth dimension. Mm. And the message was basically we were working through the David Hawkins map of consciousness. Okay. And clearing out the emotions so that we could live in our freedom and our joy right and it was all about like clearing some of the old past and it was through guided meditation but really going through this map of consciousness and it was all like he was saying that we have moved into the fifth dimension and within the fifth dimension the feminine energy is very strong so he's like so for you females who were maybe more in your masculine energy that's not going to work anymore because we're kind of shifting out of that and shifting into you know this feminine and he was kind of talking about a lot of the old programming is just going to begin to fall away the way that you used to do it because this is all about freedom and joy and living in the fifth dimension so i mean i'm taking this course and i'm following him because he's a joyful person and everything's going right in his life and you know, it's like you look and you see these people, you know, like yourself, they're like, okay, they're experiencing this joy. They're just, you know, and his whole thing was like, 
he he doesn't compromise his joy. He does things that bring him joy every single day. And I remember saying, oh, wow, every day? <laughs> yeah, I have a joy practice every day. And when I thought about the things that I do that bring me joy, you know, it's like live music and this and that, but it might be like once a week or a couple of times a month. So I really began to shift in these 14 weeks of really trying to practice this uh, practice of joy on a daily basis. And then I get your book and I'm like, well, this is like the same stuff that Joseph Gobby's talking about that I just did in this, you know, 14 week class. So clearly I'm ready for this sort of, you know, transmission. I'm hearing it more every, you know, I feel like everyone that I'm talking to on the podcast is talking about fifth dimension, but I also had a difficult time, even though as being an energy healer, I am popping out of the third dimension all the time. You know, I mean, I'm parallel processing. I'm in different dimensions. I'm accessing high vibration of energy and kind of being that conduit. I guess not really even knowing that maybe I was in a fifth dimension or where wherever I was. But your book was like really clear and concise when you started to go through, okay, this is third dimension. This is what we experience here. Here's the fourth dimension. Here's the fifth dimension. And then everything just kind of like, was like, oh, okay, now I get it. Like, <laughs> so it was just explained really easy in a way that I could interpret it. And now I kind of understand like it how you know, this channeled work in your book is also really encouraging us to find this joy and find this love. And we have to talk about this too, because you were talking about living perpetually in the present moment. And I was like, oh, that's so intense. So we'll, we'll get to that. But first, let's get to you explaining what is the third dimension? What is the fourth dimension? What is the fifth dimension for our listeners? And I need to hear it again too. Yes. <laughs> well, first I want to say, I love that. First, I want to say, I think this is going to make everything a bit easier as I go into these explanations. We exist in all dimensions simultaneously. It's really just our consciousness that is learning to become aware so that we can choose. And really, when I think about it, you know, that book, The Era of the True Creator, it's about conscious choice and how do we consciously choose, right? Because, okay, so I'll go into the, the dimensional descriptions. Well, one thing that I want to say is we can be in an incredible level of ecstasy and joy, even if something that we perceive as negative is happening in our life. So I have had moments of incredible ecstasy in the middle of being bedridden sick, right? And so maybe that can be helpful before I dive into these descriptions to let everyone know it's possible to succeed in stepping into that fifth dimensional consciousness before our lives look like skipping through daisies. It's really possible no matter what's going on. And then it gets to be more like skipping through daisies, but there's still life going on. So we're always multidimensional. So the third dimension is physical reality. And also, as I go through these descriptions, know that this is um, something that you can, you know, look up as a different, you know, as science at this point, when they describe the different dimensional realities, science has really only gotten us to, I want to say like 12 dimensions. And it's not even really scientifically um, something that anybody believes in. It's sort of this concept. 
but they do match they these descriptions the spiritual descriptions match the scientific descriptions so when we thought three dimensions third dimensional reality my guides call it the third density realm so we can think of it in terms of the dense the density of matter and in the third dimension we've got physical reality it's very easy for us to believe in this because you know we can touch things we've convinced ourselves of the reality of this physical truth right we're living in it we believe it i go and get in my car i don't just like astral travel to it right so these are things that we believe in now we've got the fourth dimension and the fourth dimension is where a lot of people think they think of that as the fifth dimension so that's why these descriptions are so helpful so the fourth dimension is actually this huge amount of stuff it is our mental projections. It is the collective conscious. It is our dream time. It is where we start to have polarities like good and bad, masculine and feminine, right and wrong. You know, different polarities start to exist there. That's also where we get time. So time starts to exist there, although it's a lot more flexible in the fourth dimension because as you know, if you have a dream, that could take five minutes in this physical reality seems like it's eight years in your dream. So it's very flexible and we can learn to play with that flexibility. That's the fun part. People do astral traveling that is within the fourth dimension. So this idea of going from one place to another place astrally or with just our, our another layer of our energy body, that is also within the astral plane. Now, the fifth dimension, and this will kind of help everything come together. The fifth dimension is what many people talk about as heaven, right? But people still have a funny conception of heaven because in so many people's idea, heaven has right and wrong. But that's not true with the fifth dimension. In the fifth dimension, it's pure love because polarities have been unified. And that's the key. And this is some of the work that I do also when people have trauma or they have, you know, when there's an internal conflict of any sort, what's happening is there are polarities that are unable to coexist. So what we do in the fifth dimension is we take those polarities and we bring them together. And it's not that I lose one or the other. It's that then they're together and they're not working against each other. And also, the consciousness of oneness starts to make a lot of sense when we can really get into that fifth dimensional place because we don't necessarily see, you know, feminine or masculine as being one. One is more important than the other. We start to see them then as this unified cycle. It's, in fact, it just seems like one energy. And so it's a bit hard for me to put words to it. But the experience of it is there's no internal conflict. It's ecstatic love. These ecstatic states of being exist within that fifth dimensional perspective. So we want to start to understand and get into and consciously exist in the fifth dimensional perspective so that we can make our lives easier. Because when we take that, I also call the fifth dimension the quantum realms because there is no time and space other than these are things that we've created to play with. 
And so if I created it, I can use it according to what's going to benefit me the most in different situations. So quantum leaping is absolutely, you know, the case of the fifth dimension. There is no size in the fifth dimension. So we start to see that, you know, this is how channeling can work. I, you know, if we think about it in physical terms, the Andromedan galaxy is so far away. I think I called it a universe earlier. I apologize. The Andromeda galaxy is so far away that I wouldn't be able to travel it to it as a human, but I can instantly tap into the consciousness of my family there. And that's because there's no time and space and size within that fifth dimensional perspective either, or at least it's something we can play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my, my other teacher talked about, and I think you mentioned it too, like things are instantaneous in the fifth dimension. He's like, whatever, once you're in there, whatever it is that you want or need, you can have. And immediately, immediately. No time delay. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. watching him do it. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm, I, maybe you can help. Like how, how, how does one go about like really getting at it? Like intellectually, I understand it. I have moments of it, but it just seems like it comes with such ease effortlessness you know for him and and this is why he's teaching it too and like what you're saying is also learning how to be in this state in this vibration of joy and self-love and he is all about choice he's like you have to choose this is about choice so it's interesting you say that too one of his book is i choose yeah Uh, (laughs) you know and and when you mentioned too that you can have like this ecstasy even in these difficult times that maybe you're going through his message in our class was, well, you chose that you chose that experience. So this, this was actually happening and it makes you like really take full responsibility for all things happening in your life and not to be afraid of them, not to be scared of what's happening in your life. But when you shift into that perception of, wow, I actually chose to have this experience, you know, before I kind of came in, then you can be more curious about, okay, well, what am I supposed to learn in this really tough time then? Because I chose it for myself. You know, it shifts the perception a little bit, but how does one get to experiencing some of these brief moments to actually either being in that full spiritual awakening, or like, as you say, that you're kind of holding this perpetual present moment. There's no like need or hanging on to the future or or grabbing for things or planning necessarily for things, but you're really just in this ecstatic state of joy, enjoying the present moment. And in your book, you said when you're in that perpetual present moment, that's where you really have the strength to manifest and create the future. So it's like, wonderful. Get me there, Allison. Like, I want to be there. I want to be there all the time, not just like in moments, because I think I can. It's very easy to slip back into third dimension. And sometimes it's nice to be in the third dimension to just get a break from the whole spiritual yeah. stuff, too. You know, it's like, ah, let me just eat my pizza and, you know, sit by my fire and not think about anything spiritual. <laughs> but yeah, so any thoughts or suggestions and how we can continue to. And I'll calibrate my frequency to spend more time maybe in the fifth dimension or really feel that perpetual present moment. Yeah, perfect. Well, let's do, I like to show an experience more than explain it. So let's just do a moment of experiencing the present moment. And as we do this, you know, this is, I'm consciously transmitting to you and to everyone who's watching the ability to drop into the present moment. 
And so if you'd like, you can close your eyes and just sort of feel what's going on inside your body. Feel that stillness. Just observe. Just listen. Okay, now come back. It's blissful in just those few seconds. Mm-hmm. And where we get caught up is thinking that we're unsuccessful if we only have those few seconds. When I teach channeling, I teach people to go into just those few seconds because we are always in the fifth dimension. We're always in all of these dimensions. It's just our consciousness, you know, and how much we allow ourselves to kind of pay attention to these things. But if we can know, I'm already there, I just need to stop paying attention to the things that aren't there. Mm. And it really, really helps us to be there. And we can take moments throughout the day where we drop into that present moment awareness. I have plenty of times where I'm not in that, you know? And there's also this, this idea of, you know, you said, sometimes I don't want to be in the spiritual. And that is also something that I want to touch on because in the fifth dimension, there is no spiritual and no spiritual. It's all, it all is, it all is. And so we can eat pizza and we can yell at somebody from our car. We're still in the fifth dimension. I keep looking at my car. That's why I keep referencing it. You know, we can do these different things. We can actually, I'm going to go really extreme here. This might be uncomfortable for people to hear. It's okay. You know, murderers, there's no right and wrong. Horrible atrocities. There isn't any right and wrong. These are all experiences. They're not necessarily preferred experiences, but like your, your other teacher told you, this is something that we all have chosen. I had a friend and I don't want to share other people's experiences, but this was so beautiful when she shared this with me. And I thought that really encapsulates what's going on here. She was actually nearly murdered. She had a very, a very difficult experience. I mean, that's a, such a small way of putting it. And she was actually being choked and she started to lose consciousness and leave her body. When this happened, she left her body and this other person's higher self met with her. And they actually had from a fifth dimensional perspective, a discussion, what's going on here? What do we want to have happen? We believe, and then what happened is she came back in her body he left and she lived, right? We have this perception that we are not of choice within this. If I chose this, why is, you know, I wouldn't have chosen something this horrific. I wouldn't have chosen this something, even just this unpleasant, you know? And then we get frustrated. I'm not choosing this. I'm not choosing this. Maybe we can back up from that a little bit and just be in the present moment and just start to practice feeling that And then all of this makes sense. We don't need it to make so much sense from our mind because we kind of can't get there. When we're in our mind, we can't really experience it. We can't know it. And that's why 
when we drop into that present moment, and then we can get into that true heart space where we're experiencing the portal through our heart space connected to who we are on that higher dimension. That's what the heart is outside of the realms of time. It's a really good place to access that experience. But, you know, that would be a whole different episode because there's a lot and I don't want anyone to get too caught up in that. But if we can just be in the present moment and practice accessing that, it can start to feel a little more approachable. And then, like I said, we're always expanding this human experience. There's a reason that we don't remember the vastness of who we are in all moments. We want this human experience, right? We want to know what it feels like to be separate from each other and to have these really intense emotions. You know, I was told that laughter is pretty unique to the human experience. So something as joyful as laughter is not something that we experience in in every other incarnation that we've been in, you know, outside of the human dimensions. So these are beautiful experiences. It's not just the difficult, also the ecstasy, being in a human body. You know, I've taught about sexuality for a number of years as well, because entering these ecstatic states and having a body is so amazing. Like this is this is a cool experience. And oftentimes we think that if it's unpleasant, that there's something wrong, but really it's an unpleasant experience and that's all it is. And we can learn from it and we can, we can start to choose differently, you know? So there's, there's just maybe, maybe to encapsulate all of that, it's just drop into that present moment and you'll know what it feels like. And then you can access it again and again. Yeah, I love that. Beautifully said. And and I think it's a great reminder, like you said, we're in all dimensions. It's just a matter, I I think, of just getting quiet and then choosing where you want your consciousness to go. You know, like you can shift into any dimension really that you want to, but you have to find that kind of stillness first and then choose. Yes. Yeah. Let's take some focus. We've been trained for a really long time to not be in that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. This was such an amazing, you know, conversation. I want to touch on, I know you have another book that's coming out that you're working on, Aesthetic Playground. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about that before we sign off here. Absolutely. So Ecstatic Playground is all about, well, now we're conscious, consciously choosing And we recognize that this is all a conscious choice. And I see this as a playground. I see this earth as a playground, this human experience as a playground. And living in this ecstasy, and I've experienced ecstasy, it can kind of be overwhelming. You know, these, I used to have these rolling waves of ecstasy that would just hit spontaneously as I was coming into this energy frequency. And now I'm going to, I'm going to ask for that again, because those are really nice. But it's really, the book is about play. You know, it's about learning how to play as humans. Mm -hmm. And it sounds simple, but, you know, playing on many different levels. We're playing with our consciousness. We're playing with time. We're playing with manifestation. We're playing with the physical reality of things and how to take that higher consciousness and weave it into this physical dimension so that we are moving things according to our will and and really just being playful with the process. 
Yeah, I love that. And I love that you call it a playground and not a school because I feel like all my other teachers and people call it, we're we're in a school, you know, yeah. we're in like pre-K here, but I love <laughs> thinking of it as a playground because that just makes it feel lighter, you know, like yes. let's play. We can kind of learn, but let's play. Totally. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. It's the like we're learning. Yeah. So just share with my listeners too, where they can find you. I know you have a fun TikTok page. You know, what's your website? Where can they find you on social media and purchase your books? Awesome. Thank you. So you can purchase my books either on my website, which is alisonholly.com, or you can purchase it on Amazon. Either one is totally good for me. And the you can get a hold of me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So I'm on all of those platforms. I'm most often right now on Facebook and Instagram. And I also have a private membership community where I teach people how to channel. Uh, so if you'd like information on that, it's super, super accessible. I've really, I've really changed it so that a lot of people could access this ability to channel. And so I'm in there a lot as well. And let's see. Yeah, just feel free. Reach out anytime. And uh, I'd love to talk to all of you. So. <laughs> Yeah. And let her know that you heard this interview on Path 11. I always get so proud when my guests send me an email. They're like, oh, we have some of your listeners. They they signed up for my course or they did this. Oh. Like our audience is so interactive with our guests. And I also have to give props, props to you because this is self-published through CreateSpace. It is. Good for you. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Going to do the next one the same, you know? Gonna Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were a lovely guest. Uh, love your energy. Just, you know, love the message, everything that you bring. And I'm so glad that your energy and your book and your publicist thought that this would be a great place for you to get the word out, which it is. So I really enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Would love to have you back when the Aesthetic Playground comes out. That would be a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks, April. This was great. Yeah. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Please check out her website. We will have all that stuff in the show notes and uh, I will talk to you guys next time. Bye everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com. And be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.